Rajinder. Yeah. Thank you for doing this, brother. Yes, thank you. I know you usually, this is a very impromptu conversation. So uh, I, I, I really appreciate you, uh, you're willing to do this. Right. So we're going to have uh, <clears throat> a super short conversation. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to revolve around a book we just wrote. Yeah. Which is uh, Shine. Shine Down. Uh, and uh, the first thing I want to say is that uh, you're one of those people that when I, uh, when I met you, it was very clear to me right away that there's like a different uh, essence of understanding here yeah. of the human condition. Yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, but yeah. there's, there's a certain, there's a reason why you wrote this book. Mm -hmm. um, if you were being asked about it just off the cuff, like yeah. if somebody that you just meet at a dinner party or something like that, mm -hmm. and somebody asked you what the book is about, yeah. what is the one-liner you give them? What do you solve? Well, I say that the book is about all our... Uh, shadows, um, dark sides, bias, prejudice, blind spots, and uh, that we don't necessarily look at them, um, but yet they affect our lives uh, at an individual level, at a collective level. And um, so this book is about shedding some light into those dark corners. Uh, yeah, that's okay. it. But, but told as a, in a, in a novel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to tell that story, I wrote it within a novel where, you know, there's a, uh, there's a man who meets um, the fallen angel, uh, the devil himself, and they have this, this discussion uh, given that man himself is a fallen man given he was kicked out of the Garden of Eden and, you know, the devil himself kicked out of, of the heaven and that made the very good story setting for me to, to speak about the dark sides. So the devil himself is known to be like from the dark side, the prince of darkness right, and all right. of that. So, you know, if you want to learn about the, the or experience what it means to, to, to look within the shadows, why not ask the master of the shadows himself? It is interesting because you don't, um, I guess it's a thought, not a very obvious thought which is like you might have a conversation with the devil because we think of the devil as or the fallen angel we think of him as uh, as an entity that just there to torture us or to make us suffer we never think of it as a we never think of it as a character that will have a dialogue with us yeah. but really it's a dialogue with our wouldn't you say that that's kind of like it's a dialogue with the, with our own channel yeah and basically yeah 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 oh actually yeah. Uh, limonade housemate limonade would you like something yeah yeah I'll yeah. take a chardonnay yeah and a chardonnay yes. and uh, another double espresso for me double espresso thank yeah. you so much yeah. yeah it's great that the whole story is, uh, <laughs> is, is a playground it's yeah, awesome definitely yeah um, so so uh, yeah so we don't really think of it like that side of the mythology yeah. like the dark side of the mythology we always think of it we never think of it in terms of having a dialogue with it. Yeah. We don't think it would speak back. We yeah. think of it as just like this like ominous thing that we never want to come near, which I guess is part of the problem. Yeah. Because we don't want to acknowledge things about ourselves, about what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, so would you say that the book touches on, like it's it's very relevant to the current condition we're in, like as humanity finds itself today? Yeah, it's uh, entirely the case because um, and the devil in the book says he's captured 99% of humanity through all its all, all human systems. So the capitalist system, the education system, the like, you know, the 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 parental system. Um, so it, the technology involved. So we we're, we're captured. So we've been held in a container, and we're unable to see ourselves. We're unable to have that super observer position. 
to look at where we are and where we are heading. Uh, and so we're just being dragged or, or you know, into a, a, a space which we don't know why or how. And So the process is completely unconscious for us. Yeah, yeah. And then some of us are obviously yeah. starting to wake up and yeah. to see these uh, little insights, right? So is in the book, and you you don't have to say it because yeah. if it gives it too yeah, much yeah. away. No, no, but it, it, does in the book there's a resolution in the form of is the, is there is there a way out? <clears throat> yeah, the way out is the way in. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> it's the. Huh, I see. That's amazing. And and just just to take a little like a tiny detour yeah. into your own personal life yeah. because you told me that uh, from a young age. Yeah you had certain awarenesses that yeah. you feel that others humans wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, were you, did you ever interpret them when you were a kid as just, you know, just your imagination? Or yeah. it was always obvious to you that it's actually touching upon something that is real? Um, I, I think we, we have no idea of what is real and what is not real yeah. uh, as we're experiencing life. I mean, why does one stone have no value and another stone, you know, like a diamond has, you know, so why do we give value to, right. yeah, you know, um, so, you know, why do we give value to a paper bill, um, you know, because it represents something. So it's got this symbolic value and the representative, representing value. So, so what, what, what is real? You know, are social conventions real? Um, is money know, real? Right. Is uh, language real? I mean, you know, uh, uh, things that we speak, you know, in our minds, are they real? I mean, the chair we're sitting on, we imagine they are real. But, but what about the thoughts, you know? Uh, I mean, how I can make you feel happy, or I make you feel sad, or make you feel free, or make you feel tied down, and, you know? So, so would you, if I, if I may, just what, like, I just want to see what you say about that, because... Uh, because I connect very deeply to what you're saying, yeah. and I think that it would be giving this, this seemingly innocuous, simple example that you just gave actually runs really deep. Because really, if you replace the words uh, "why do we give value to something" with the words "why do we give attention to something," yeah. all of a sudden it makes it clear that the entire world, not just within the physical world, like the distinctions between why is gold more valuable than uh, granite or things like that, it's more like. Why is even the picture that emerges for us as our world, why is it more valuable than the things that are not yet in this world? They can be in this world. Like yeah. the emphasis on something makes it yeah. makes it co- like it makes it the central point of reality. Yeah. And you're saying or from what I understand, yeah. you're saying reality itself is that. Literally the thing that our species gives mm-hmm. credence to. Like we we are emphasizing certain things so they become the reality that we Occupy and yeah. that we give meaning to. Yeah, for and all of a sudden yeah. physicists come along and then discover this whole new way of like trying to probe the world. And <laughs> previously, electromagnetic field was not even a thing that you ever imagined. But now we're giving emphasis, we're yeah. giving attention yeah. to this thing, so it slowly becomes more and more yeah, it part of the yeah. yeah part of the conceptual picture that paints how we interact with the world. Yeah. So, holding all of that in view. Yeah. My question to you is something that I'm, I'm genuinely interested in. I will put here, it's okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. Be- Thank you. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because I've never heard, to my mind, a satisfying answer for that. Yeah, I want to see if you might have an insight for me. How do you reconcile the, the fact 
Uh, so let me paint it just slightly more so the audience will understand what I'm talking about. Because you might, but I want the audience to understand. So what I'm talking about specifically is that a lot of the spiritual tradition seems to paint the world in such a way that that hints at the fact that even the the most concrete things we believe are real, like the physical world and all that stuff, is also a manifestation of the mind. So the question is, how do we reconcile that notion with the fact that there are seemingly certain concrete regularities in nature that seem to be independent of us? Mm -hmm. So specifically, I mean like, yes, I can totally follow the thread, and I think most people can follow the thread of, yeah, the the physical world is something, and then our perception of it is a a tiny limited scope of what it in fact is. Mm So we have like this constructed version of the visual field and mm-hmm. everything else, but obviously we don't see gamma rays. We mm-hmm. don't see, so mm-hmm. we understand this is not what the real world looks mm-hmm. like. But it becomes difficult when the implication seems to say, when the other side, the interlocutor seems to say, no, 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 even the most things that we can repeat and measure and do it again, like the car stays a car, mm-hmm. right? And it seems to belong to a different family of things because it has a certain insistence mm-hmm. to be what it is versus things that are much more ephemeral like mm-hmm. just thoughts that come and go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand my question like yeah. how, how do you have a way to reconcile or you don't even it's outside of the realm of what you are interested in maybe. well i mean uh, even at the atomic level like uh you know there, there's certain distance between the particles <laughs> right you know there's the empty space so how do we account for that right uh, no, so, I, I, I totally see, but I guess, uh, and I don't want to push that point yeah. if it's not an interest of yours. Yeah. But and, and it's not even a, it's not even a pushback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, whenever I ask that question, it seems to slide off uh, any person who is not. Let me maybe be candid. The reason I'm interested in that is because I'm really interested in bridging mm-hmm. the worlds of people who purely perceive the world from physicalism. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for new tools to discuss it with people that may be a little bit less open to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm always looking for clever ways of, of making people more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So, and again, you can say, hey, it, you know, it's not a thing, but like, how do we do that? How do we say that the things that are more rigid, that seems to be like really, like, again, they're just, the regularities of the laws of physics seem to be so concrete mm-hmm. that even if you were saying they're mind created, then does that mean that because the scientific community focuses on it in such a way, then it makes it so? Would that be kind of the version of that? I think it's like we're speaking with two different frames. Okay. Yeah. So we have a reframing uh, challenge yeah. here. Um, um, so depending on which frame we choose, we will say, okay, this is the reality because we have a user interface to interact with it, to transact with it. So that becomes real. And if we take on a different perspective and then we'll transact and have a user interface at a different level, then that itself becomes the reality. So in that sense, mathematics itself can hold a lot of reality. Uh, for mathematicians, for example, and so then like in pure math, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and then everything else that you know that dissolves from that is like name and form, like you know what do we give name to, and what is that form, 
Um, so it's like, you know, is, is the tree a tree because we call it a tree or is it something else that On we name it? Yeah, yeah, that we name it a tree. And sometimes by naming a tree a tree, we actually kill the tree. <laughs> because we reduce it only to be a tree, <laughs> you to know, the, the word, <laughs> yeah. or we think we yeah, know what it exactly. is. So that's super helpful. Mm -hmm. But then the question, the next question I would ask is: Is there a way to communicate between the frames? Yeah, you have to breathe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so I guess, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm really interested in that moment where people are having this like rigid position. Yeah. Yeah. I, previously, before we spoke on camera, I told you that mm -hmm. I see I'm, I'm slowly moving from the space of seeing it purely in physicalist terms mm -hmm. to seeing it more like in an open-ended mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And I'm experiencing something interesting, which is that I'm seeing that to move from this frame to this frame, there's no requirement of more information or even moving the pieces in a different way. Mm -hmm. It's more like the illusion with the cube, where mm -hmm. you can see the cube as protruding mm -hmm. or going the other way. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just a choice. It's mm -hmm. just like you choose mm -hmm. to see it this way, you choose mm -hmm. to see it that mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And for me now, because I'm moving through this process, mm -hmm. it's, I guess, obvious is maybe the wrong word, but it's more apparent how to make that maneuver happen. Mm -hmm. But if I want to help others to make that maneuver, mm -hmm. who, how, how do I help them? Yeah. You, you say breathe a lot. Yeah, yeah okay. I think breathe a lot. And then it's a language thing. So it comes back to name and form, what we give okay. name and form to. And then one more, one more idea which could be helpful is resolution. Is like how do we focus on something, zoom in and zoom out? So perhaps it's just like there are different layers of reality within which we can tap into. Okay. Uh, uh, and so how, how do we maintain that zooming ability, create the creation of the resolution that makes the picture within which we can speak about name and form again? I see. Yeah. So, okay, so you basically drop it. Let me see if I understand mm -hmm. quickly. You drop into a state in which you jokingly, but not jokingly, mm -hmm. breathe a lot. Mm -hmm. you, in other words, you just sink into whatever the moment is which is a lot of uh, like mindfulness is good for that, like uh, certain meditative practices. Mm -hmm. And then from there you try and allow the things to be before you grab them with language again. Mm -hmm. So you allow them to expand, contract, do whatever they're trying yeah. to do in that moment for you. Yeah. And then if, when it feels right, you can grab it with a language yeah. that almost the object itself yeah. or the, it dictates the new language that yeah. comes out of yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's like if you look at your hand, stare at your hand long enough, you might realize that your hand is not your hand. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it may be perceived as a foreign object to yourself. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing in our thought space, you know, to, to what we give reality, attention to, resolution to that becomes real what 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 else is no longer real is no longer part of the reality within which we are interacting with transacting with um, the things so, that drop off yeah there are always things that drop off because right now right here um nothing else outside of our physical presence exists if we allow it we can just hear you know people speaking the space that we're in you know, all, all the ideas of, you know, what is reality, they can all just peel away. If yeah. we just allow ourselves to sit in the space, and the longer we move and just breathe into the space, we just become at one with the space, you know. And then it doesn't 
yeah. take long for the mind to come in again and ask exactly, another question. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which again takes you out of the yeah. thing and yeah. puts you in a, okay, mm -hmm. now we're this, asking this yeah. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because we don't have a lot of time, I want to try and stay concise. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. no, I could. Um, th this emphasis you have on language, yeah. I have a very similar emphasis in my work and in how I focus on the world at the moment. And I almost think of language as like a type of magic. There's a certain, the certain frame, not just the words we use, but the energy with which we speak. Yeah. Uh, the state we occupy when we speak it. Yeah. All of it is part of the communication. Um, how would you say that that informed the way you wrote the book? Would you say that purely from a technical point, uh, when you were writing and rewriting, were you aware of that in any given moment or did you flux between just like being in flow and just letting it come? Mm. I think um, the core of the book was written in flow uh, without, uh, without too many questions. It's just a question answer session. So the question brought about the answers, the answers brought about questions. So it kept going into this infinite dialogue, <laughs> you know. Beginning, beginning. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting because if you think about it, really the book is, you can drop off the characters yeah. and you just have an answer question, which is what reality, like I guess, bounces off. Exactly. Between. And then you just gave it characters so we as humans can can relate yeah. that somebody's talking. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Interesting. Yeah. Then the, the difficult parts for me was like to do the introduction to make sure people don't misunderstand it or misuse it or abuse the... They, they the, will. The, the, yeah, but I, so I I tried my best, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like the introductions, I had to like rewrite it like forty times, um, just to make sure that you know, the someone who picks up the book is he able to go in, or is he not? You know, where would be his resistance points, and where would he say, "Oh, it's not for me." Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, it's it's like it's it's like a literary ayahuasca, uh, wow. in in the sense that it's uh, you go through like, like a purging process. You will fight. You will resist it. You like, ah, why is this question? Why are we speaking to the devil? Why are we talking about the shadow? I'm not like this, or you know, who is this? Um, but once you you release from that, you just allow yourself to go into the flow. Then then you're you know tapping into different gems and experiencing the the, the whole process. And you're able to understand how we um, can fool ourselves with our misperceptions by our misinformation, by you know, by our instincts, or you know. So you, you start to see that, oh, the shirt is getting a bit tight, you know, so you might want to take it off a little. And breathe a lot. Yeah, and breathe a lot. <laughs> so, so would you say that in the introduction, your attempt was to basically prep people's state? To what preps people's, like, what, where do they want to be yeah. in order to read the book? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, had I talked a lot about the COVID, people would be like, oh, we're too tired about to talking about mm -hmm. COVID, you know? And then if I had said, oh, I want to talk about good and bad. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, we don't have time for that. You know, I mean, so whatever the topic, now how do I get it to somebody's attention that it's, 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 it's a book written for every human so that the human can see himself or herself, you know, through its own bias, through, you know, how do we perceive reality? How do we perceive multiple levels of reality? How do we even understand what truth is? And and is there something, you know, as truths? Are there multiple truths? How do we deal with that? Because from the moment we were born, we were just fed in so many stories, like you said, narratives, uh, biblical narratives, uh, um, 
political narratives, economic narratives, money system narratives. So how, how do you, how, how are we able to see beyond the narratives that we've been fed? So it's, it's really about the, the information model uh, within which we, we operate. Um, so um, I, I, I felt like everything we, we, <clears throat> that we, we tend to over preoccupy ourselves with the, with the content. And, and very little time we spend on understanding the container which holds these contents, uh, which could be like the language structure, like belief structures, like political structures, like any infrastructure we may, we may well, have. Like yeah. Foster Wallace's uh, story about the fish in the water. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The water we swim in. Basically. Yeah, exactly. We'll notice the water. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, that, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I, I, the only thing, I, I, one of the last things I want to ask you, um, I guess this is just like a, thing, a thought that came to me while you were talking, which is what makes a book so different as a medium than yeah. anything else yeah. is the fact that you don't really have a direct contact with the, it's a conversation that you're writing from the beginning to end yeah. with the reader yeah. without having any input yeah. from how they will respond at every point of the way. Yeah. So you kind of have to prep this very... The strategy has to be almost impeccable yeah. to, to the way that it's written. Yeah. But as a maybe as an advice for for somebody who uh, aspires to be a young writer, yeah. uh, is is, the, is is it important to uh, give any credence to that idea, or is it better to drop that notion altogether? Like that that that's, or or you because I think. It, I guess you already answered my question, which is like you rewrote it 40 times. Mm -hmm. You clearly cared mm -hmm. deeply mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. how people perceive mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But um, but now after you did that, mm -hmm. would you do it differently next time? Or you think this is important? This is important to prep the audience as much as you can, the content is coming. Well, I mean, um, I, I think, um, you know, I got accused once of holding up the rope too high. <laughs> That I should lower the rope so people can start climbing, right? So I see what you're saying. You have to jump first, yeah, pretty yeah, high. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't. So this time I tried to like accompany, so bring the rope as low as I could, so people could start climbing. That's by the editor, or I know it's just, just, just friends, just uh, friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm fast. I'm yeah. excited. And, uh, and then I had d different perspectives. Like I had one German reader who, who literally, you know, commented every page, because he could course. not agree with some of the terms. Because he was German. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was some, you know, he had challenges, you know, on, on. Um, if the devil had said, for example, like there's no free will, then he would go into his own fit and start writing his sub book on the side as a comment. So at first I was like really that is so Nietzschean. Yeah, I was <laughs> at first I was like really um, taken aback, like whoa, do, do, how do I deal with all of that? And then I spoke to another reader. I said this is happening with this reader, and then she just said, well, he is just dealing with his own shadows reading the book. And I was like. Oh, so it's really impactful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually doing exactly what it's exactly. But that's how he's expressing exactly. it. Exactly. So he's talking back to the exactly. book. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. And then I had some other readers who, who uh, initial readers who said, each time they read it, they start to see something different. As though it wasn't written there before, and now it is. So I was like, okay, well, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. My book was published on 11th, 11th, and, and ChatGPT came out on the 29th of 11th. Wow. Right? 
So after two weeks of chat GPT, I said to myself, language is dead. It's like, what are we really communicating? And what it, what is being expressed? And will future books ever be written by a human alone? And what would it mean that it's written by a human? Because it contains structural errors. You know, what, is, what, is it, what does it mean? And what does it mean when it's, it's probabilistically syntax perspective perfect created by artificial intelligence? So um, I think the future books may be, may be written as you read them. You know, <laughs> wow, what a profound so, so I, I feel like my book was probably one of the last books that that was actually published before ChatGPT became. Uh, uh, that is so small. Yeah, it's like the last. Yeah, like the last. Yeah, word exactly. Literally. Yeah, and it's it, what made me realize as you were saying that is that that is uh, you can equate it to. The, the container and the content yeah. that we humans we think of like books we say oh the ChatGPT would take our job not realizing that the job was never the content yeah it was the conceptual framework behind the content yeah which the content arose from yeah so ChatGPT will just write it faster yeah. for you but you still need to be able like you said before ask the right question yeah to make it write that thing yeah and the same by the way goes to about mid journey with yeah. images yeah. you still need to think how you're framing the meaning and how it strings together to create a certain kind of image. Yeah. yeah. So, so the container always it refocuses us on what's actually important, which is pure meaning. Yeah. How do you conjure the right meaning? Yeah. But then the the actual painting or the actual words, yeah. they're just busy work. That's it, yeah. Yeah. It, it will naturally arise from your yeah, questions. Yeah. Yeah. So now it just writes it faster. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instantaneously. Yeah. 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 That's in, that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So then I think we can ask ourselves like, what what is the nature of truth now? You know, is it because someone has said it that it's become truth, or is it because it is probabilistically calculated from all that has been said that makes it true? You know, is the 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 collective wisdom the truth, or can an individual tap into <clears throat> into truth which could be different from collective wisdom? So it goes back to Plato's allegory of the cave. Yeah, right. You know. So, so I, I think. We, so, what would be the shadows on the wall, which is the, our our convictions? Everything, our convic our perceptions, mm. right? And what's the outside world in that analogy? I think the, I think this is what everyone is speaking about: the fifth dimension, sixth dimension, seven dimensions. But they might still dimension. be the shadows. They may still be the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's <laughs> But you know, uh, this is not to take us on a long uh, tangent on this, but do you think that, because you're right, if we start thinking about the world in terms of everything is conceptual and whatever content arises in front of us, even without talking, is already a narrative, then the idea of the objective of anything outside, uh, it, the floor just falls under your feet, like it just disappears, like yeah. there's no more floor, that's it. Yeah. But there still need, must be some structure in which the whole thing takes place, or the whole thing is whatever it is. I'm not saying we necessarily will know, and we probably will never know. Yeah. But you don't, don't you think that that thing still can be considered the objective thing, like yeah. the, the fact that, that, that it yeah. even exists? I think there is no that thing. I mean, where it that right. is the thing. So it's like we're like it starts and ends here. Yeah, it starts and ends here, right here. And then we have filtered ourselves out of it. So we have filtered ourselves to be a that and a this, 
and everything. We're like, you know, this hologram or that hologram, but we are holograms within holograms within holograms. And this is it. This is where we are. Which is everything else is creating around us. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> Talking about it really <laughs> So now I see what you mean by just breathe a lot. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 thank God for the for the ground for the grounding, yes. you know, that yeah. that you know we have a, a place to sit and a and a shared shared grounding from which we can communicate and self reflect. So you know, enjoyment, yeah. just enjoy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of like the the <clears throat> the, the default is the unfathomable awe that yeah. is the default yeah if you don't allow yourself to forget about it and just enjoy the moment yeah. <laughs> that's funny yeah and that would be the, again the entry point again to to, to travel it's like again. riding yeah like exactly. Exactly. Like, exactly you get a little bored okay yeah. great go yeah. go into yeah. the transcendent crazy yeah. whatever it yeah. is you're doing yeah. then just land again yeah. and enjoy the mundane and yeah. simple and yeah if, if i may mm. Uh, in your personal life, when you live mm. your personal life, mm. do you? F what is the percentage? Would you say that you spend more in that state? Because mm -hmm. obviously you have to interact with people. Mm -hmm. you have to, maybe to write the book, no. Mm -hmm. But like when you have to go out and have a meeting, or mm -hmm. obviously you have to drop in a slightly different state mm -hmm. to be comprehensible. Mm -hmm. But then, would you say that like 80% of the time when you're alone, mm -hmm. you're in the state of just like complete acceptance and whatever comes comes. No, I mean I also get. Um uh, energetic pulls, you know, this idea, uh, which is um, a small puppy, becomes this monster dog and the dragon, you know. Why? I mean, it is it's all it's, it's just happened, you know. I mean, wow. Uh, and then you know, maybe you spend you know time with the dragon, and then you realize, oh, there was no dragon in the first place. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then you start again as something else, you know. This is how we are, and and how we interact with people, how we project ourselves onto people, you know, you you're had a good sleep, you wake up feeling really on your balance on your feet and even if a murderer comes up to you with his knife, you know, you will deal with him so differently than if you had woken up, you know, not feeling well, with your belly all, you know, and you meet him, you'd be like, what the fuck, right? <laughs> so, so it's like, how much are we self-projecting all the time? And I think that then I think a lot about like uh, even when they're meeting with people, it's like uh, I think that they think this. Now, then I'd be like, why do I think that they, they think, think this? this? Right? <laughs> yes. It's like literally never ends. <laughs> yes, never ends. You can have a whole book of conversation back and forth exactly. before they even speak. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that happens all the time. Yeah. So I think one thing is like to definitely work on reducing negative self-talk. Um, although it does happen, I think one one just has to acknowledge it as quickly as possible. Because if we don't acknowledge it as quickly as possible, it keeps going. Until we recognize it, like, hey, that's negative self-talk. <laughs> and then it is like disappears, and then you like open yourself up again for something more positive or something you wish in your life, you know. But I think it's just happening, those thoughts are just happening. So maybe we are like antennas as well. Sometimes we are capturing a lot of different conversations where we, we don't know. I mean, do we really decide where the next next thought is coming from? Unless it's in the street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I don't think you decide anything. Yeah. Yeah. One of the most profound thoughts I've ever had was that that instance of making a decision, mm. it's really, if you pay close attention to it, 
it's equivalent to falling asleep for a nanosecond and then waking up in a world in which now you're going to do this or that. But the actual action of deciding, mm -hmm. you know, this, it never happened for you. You, mm -hmm. you just kind of debating it in the beginning mm -hmm. with pros and cons mm -hmm. both ways. But then when the moment of decision had mm -hmm. to happen because of time pressure or whatever mm -hmm. it is, you, it's almost like you, you were gone mm -hmm. and then you were back mm -hmm. with a story about why you think you made the decision yeah. retroactively. But yeah. you never made it. Yeah. The thought was that this instance yeah. is the one thing that is outside of existence itself and it actually goes all the way to the beginning of the universe in which the universe decided to be or not to be. But the decision was outside of the ability of the universe itself to inspect. It was like the ultimate thing that is, it's like, again, the hole in the donut. And it's the thing that ties us to the ultimate, yeah. whatever object it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you're right, and it's really beautiful. I think what we do is waste a lot of time is, is the resistance, you know, we resist being for flight things we being. Yeah. I think the you know there comes the space of doubt, uh, of guilt, of uh, you know wrong perception, overthinking, overthinking, and the inability to we just frozen inability to act, inability to decide and. Yeah, like you were saying, like, I want to go take a shower, and then you spent 30 minutes on the couch. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about taking a shower. <laughs> exactly. You could have taken it five yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and then we, we hold those thoughts, and then they, they keep um, parasiting. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're like parasitical thoughts, and, but we don't realize them because it's happening all the time. So, so the, 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 I think the thing we can do is like how much time in a day, even if it's for a minute, can we hold like clear space thought? Can we hold a space of no thought? You know, even if it's like for 10 seconds, you know, oh, um, 10 seconds is a long time. Yeah, it can be a long time because something immediately pops up. Yeah. So one, one way I, I, I recommend it to my friends to to learn to appreciate this is to like lie flat on the ground with your, your feet in a you know, relaxed position, so your just palms like you up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Palms up to the ceiling and then you start breathing in completely and then you breathe from 54 back to zero. And see how many of them you miss with yeah, your attention. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, so it's going 54, full breath cycle, then 53, then 52. And then a thought comes in, you know, saying, oh, you got to do this. You got to call that person. And be like, okay, so was I 53? Was it 54? You know, so you keep jumping. And then I've done this exp exp experiment with so many people. So I, I, I and see how sometimes they're like 48, 47, 42. 41, and like, oh, did you miss it? And that you don't realize, don't realize, you know? So it's like, where is the mind space going during that time? But the ability to continue doing that, continue holding back the count and refusing all other thoughts can then really take you as you get towards zero into just clear space and just joy emerges. Yeah? Simple as that. Because, 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 and that helps you to, to understand how many thoughts are polluting, are being shot at us all the time, you know, and it's the whole attention economy again. You know, so in my book, there's, uh, you know, um, well, we're coming back to that German guy, and you know, he, he, he said, but you know, most people meet the devil, they need to make a deal. So, so why didn't you make a deal? You know, I said, 
Oh, that's up to in this book for him to decide, you know, whatever. And then he said, oh, but was there a price? I said, yeah, there, there was a price because there is a line where the devil says, well, you ha you would have to pay. And then the questioner asked, pay what? You have to pay attention. So, wow. and, and we are in the attention economy, you know? So eyeballs on the internet, how many clicks, you know, it's all about where attention is going. So if we, we, we ask ourselves how much of the attention we are holding and how much is being dragged outside of us, everything, every sensory experience is coming into the bookstore, seeing all the books, all the stimula stimul stimulants, um, smells, senses. You know, just another human being over there looking at you and suddenly your thoughts go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is so, yeah, pay yeah. attention. Mm -hmm. That is attention. so profound. Yeah, yeah. And also yeah. the music that I was just playing, the same yeah. you know. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's like I even forget forget what, what I wanted to ask yeah, something. Exactly, I forget because, because where's our attention going, right? Oh, I wanted to see. I wanted to say something so uh, like just like technical. I just wanted to say that the breathing thing is uh, that's basically anapana, which is mm. like you learn in vipassana, right? Yeah. Just paying attention to the breath. Yeah. But it knocked it out of my brain because yeah. the importance of what you were saying was so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the end. Like if, you, if if I pay close attention to what it's like to be me interviewing you right now, yeah, it's a it's a constant it's a constant uh, <laughs> a, a, a flux yeah. of me trying my best to really drop into what you're saying, yeah. and then the like you know there's a cacophony of things happening which is like uh, make sure that uh, you know uh, that the next question reflect what you were saying, mm. uh, make sure that it's connected with like all those rules, right? Yeah. And the and the what I noticed the more I do interviews the more I notice this that really the 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 most fluid conversation that I later watch yeah. is always the one in which I dropped the need to have those rules yeah it's like you don't need to know you don't need to plan yeah really like yeah. really really you don't need yeah. to plan if you're truly true to what has happened this dance of happening yeah will happen very like much better than you could ever anticipate yeah through you yeah. through the other person yeah instead of you setting up all those rules about how it's going to be better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that... I think we, we do that all the time. We, we project. So if if we had, you know, transcribed some of the questions that you you asked, you, you might even wonder, did I really ask this question or was I formulating the question or was I formulating the answer within the question? <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 my God. The infinite Russian yeah, open. exactly. Um, and and where, where does it come from, pure intellect space? Where does it come from, the heart space? Where does it come from, just the knowing space? Um, and, and which of them are true, you know? Um, and, and, and I guess these are the, some of the questions, um, I think, that are going to be crucial for us in this attention economy to know our, have our grounding and know our truths. Um, and, and if we are unable to know what our truths are, then we'll be living somebody else's truth. Yes. You just fall into into some other uh, local minima yeah. of somebody else who created yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Um, this is really interesting because I, because I do think, see, there's certain domains in technology, for example, uh, and you you know you've been in some <coughs> development, so you know there's where you can't allow yourself to just know. Because there's certain 
patterns by which the things you're interacting with, the technology you're interacting with, behaves. Mm -hmm. So that seems to belong on its own side, because if, if I will just do the equivalent of just waiting for the right question to come in software development, e would you say there's a there's a there's an analog in, in writing code there? Mm -hmm. Like, do you, would you just know what to say there, or you have to have an understanding of what the a, a very particular structure of the code would create? Like, that you you have to know what it does, and you do have to plan. <clears throat> yeah, cause, right. I think once you know, then you just become one with it. Oh, when you you mean yeah. literally when you write yeah. code? So like you get into flow while you write yeah. code. Hmm. Well, once you understand, I mean, the, the question is, wh where is the application being built in the first place? You know, is it what really, do you mean by that? Is it, how, how much of it is being built in the code and how much is it being built in the mind already of mm. what the code should deliver? Should be. Yeah, in terms of, you know, final expectations of what, how the code should operate. So you're saying it's uh, not different than spoken language? It's just a yeah. little bit more, like more specific, like it's more concrete. Yeah, more codified, and, and I guess more sh um, shared codification system. Well, it's less flexible in the sense that yeah. if you make a mistake in code, it either works or it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It, if I make a mistake in grammar, yeah, it's not that yeah. rigid. Like yeah. we can correct for it by just yeah. having yeah. having the conversation. Yeah. But I guess then in that case, the code would be in the the functionality of us as human beings. So like we either, like the DNA, so the code there is a little bit more rigid, I guess. Even though even there, yeah, that's, that's, that's a whole rabbit hole, because yeah, biological... Lo multiple rabbit holes, does that contain the database of everything? Do our thoughts, are they contained in there? <coughs> you know? Again, uh, uh, Michael Levine's work seemed to imply that yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. It comes back to that eternal question, it's being uh, mind over matter, or matter over mind. Right. Um, and then the, the question around epigenetics as well, can shifting your um, thought patterns or feeling patterns shift your DNA patterns for are we, you know, forever bound or by you the love, DNA yeah. um, uh, patterns? Um, I think um, it's, it's, it's all informational. Yes, we agree there. Yeah. I think the only thing that ever evolved, went through an evolution from the beginning of the yeah. universe is information. Yeah. Yeah. And then in that sense, yeah. technology is not separate. It's just yeah. part of the process. Yeah. It's just, yeah. 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 Part, even language is a technology as well. I think it's the technology. Yeah. 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 Because again, it's how you talk to the more and more accurately with the universe. And code would be one of those. Yeah. You know, Stephen Wolfram is famous for saying uh, that the universe seems to be computational in nature. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very profound statement. Yeah. If yeah. you understand a little bit of computation. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, just like, he says that just like we, when we discovered calculus and mathematical tools, we realize that there's certain truths ca that cannot be expressed with English or German. Yeah, they have to be expressed in mathematics yeah. because it it's the only language that is adequate enough. Yeah. to to be able to express them. Mm. But now we start discovering that that it might be computation. So there's certain truths about the world that can only be expressed in computational terms. Yes, it cannot be expressed in any other way. Not even in mathematical way. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I realize that we this is like an endless loop. Um, all I can say is that I I am fascinated by by people who who have the especially people who have the technical abilities, but also have the ability to perceive the deeper sense of beingness and mm -hmm. humanness, mm -hmm. and it's a, they make the choice mm -hmm. to drop more mm -hmm. into the thing that that is more uh, human and mm -hmm. is more 
or maybe human is the wrong word, but like into the thing that is more being versus the thing that is more technical. Mm -hmm. Because life, at least on the surface, mm -hmm. seems to be much easier for somebody who like goes full on into the technical because mm -hmm. that's where you know all the money is. All the th but the the choice to go more into the helping the world to wake up, mm -hmm. and it. Uh, it's very easy to be misperceived as this kumbaya singing cheesy thing, mm -hmm. but coming at it from a real place of like real authenticity mm -hmm. is something that fascinates me mm -hmm. because that's a choice that not everybody makes. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that other people also have availability and not everybody makes that choice. Yeah, I think it's um, possibly also a reflection with deaths. Um, you know, uh, I think there's a quote in the, somewhere in the book uh, around, you have to die before you die in order to live forever. If you don't die before you die, you die when you die, <laughs> you know. So the 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 the, the um, like I I feel sometimes I feel because I've had near death experience that um, that part of me just died already. So now I'm like, it's a it's a different life, um, and and you shifted to a different reality. Yeah, basically. to a different reality. So embracing life much more differently than ever before. Like before, it's much more um, contained within the material, conceptual world and disconnected from my own humanity. You know, especially if we are in software, <laughs> you tend to spend a lot of time with machines rather than with people or with nature. So you can even feel disconnected with nature, you know. Um, so, but we are nature. Yeah. Yeah, but we can so easily forget that. So we can so easily disconnect us from ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah. And and then a whole different thought structures uh, stream out, flow out. Um, and this is why we we so much like people, indigenous people, when they speak, because they're speaking from a life perspective. And this is why it's so much nicer to communicate with your a partner after making love because everything is <laughs> unified and connected and all embracing um, and you know all the rational thought spaces all have just dropped already all the needs are met yeah you know, all the little yeah yeah especially yeah yeah and then um and before that you know all those tweaking decides and steer your thoughts and movements and actions without you even without realizing, even how realizing much. Yeah. yeah so if you need to go and pee and somebody asks you what is five times seven you're like oh, yeah i just need to go pee <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then if you're relaxed it just flows in natural answer so all the time we are like that all the time yeah so and and we're not the only ones who know this you know, the, the advertising industry knows this, the propaganda machine knows this, you know. They're leveraging of, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're easier to control the more you're pushed around by yeah, your yeah, wants and needs yeah, yeah. versus just dropping into awareness. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, so sometimes like being in the shock uh, that can, you know, traumatize what, what we think is real and then having a double shock. The, a shock after the shock and then they will further just blank state your, your mind. Uh, in terms of who who were you yesterday and what would be the normal. So we wouldn't know what is normal. We would take the not normal as normal. And then this we call, in the political realms, you call it normalization, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we can live in the same reality. I mean, even the ants and the mosquitoes and the flies who can land, you know, upside down or 
um, we're living in the same, but we we may not be experiencing reality the same yeah. way. We're, and what is true of you and the fly might be true between two, two different people. Yeah, exactly. Like experiencing a completely different world. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes, like again, coming back to the couple thing, you could be in the same bed but thousand miles away. Yeah. Sometimes you can be someone a thousand miles away in the same and bed. be in the same place. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And again, all of these things, what's interesting is that we, we hear these things, we see inspirational quotes on Instagram, we, 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 we know of that. Yeah. But yet, experiencing it as a true felt presence yeah. uh, of, of yeah. it yeah. in our lives yeah. is a very different story. It requires yeah. a different kind of, re yeah. like you said, reframing. Yeah. You just have to allow that yeah. to be yeah. the case. Yeah. So that's, that's now joins back to, to my book, Shine, because somehow it doesn't give you not the same kind of knowledge as reading another book because this one is challenging your information system and how you're perceiving things so in the sense that everything we need to know we already know but we just don't know we know it we have and, to allow and, ourselves and to know. we have to allow ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to know it we're never in a comfortable safe space that we accept that what we know is true but we recognize it when we read it in a book, a certain line. Oh, somebody else said it. <laughs> I have an excuse <laughs> to be okay with it. <laughs> you know? So it's like all, all the, 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 the top 10 ideas of, you know, any biblical scripture, uh, top 10 truths anywhere. If you don't know it, it the it's archetype not a true. of those ideas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know it because you recognize it, it reflects upon you, and then you realize, yes, that's true. So, 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 so the this, truth is a signature. Yeah, you, 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 you just feel it. And sometimes you can hear it even from the mouth of a child could say something and you know it's true, you know? Um, it was a very true moment. Yeah. There's a really fun uh, yeah. short anecdote. My, my yeah. sister, uh, one of my nephews, her little boy, I mean, she was, uh, she lost her temper for a second and she started like, okay, stop it. Like something like, you know, and he's like two and a half. Yeah. And then he looked at her and it was a moment of silence and then just went in Hebrew he said he pressed on her nose and he said up which is nose he's like nose yeah and she just started laughing yeah he reminded her yeah like they're just like what are you doing yeah. I don't understand anything yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yelling at that's it that's it <laughs> if only we could do this with ourselves all the time yeah you know if yeah. only we had our codified experience of how to just you know tune out and tune in you know um let go of some of that and just come back to our space. And this is what, you know, somehow we are fumbling with all these this ideas of mindfulness at work, at home, with children, meditation, breathing, yoga. I mean, what, why are we doing all of that? We're just trying to find that code. We're trying to, to, to find that key nose and then you like laugh and like, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, when you, what is it, when you attain uh, uh, when you attain Satori, all that is left is to get, have a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so, would you say that you're uh, optimistic about our future? Um, you personally. Hmm. I, I, um, I, um, I think I've released myself from the responsibility of being optimist and of being pessimist as well. Uh, given the state of things and the processes which are already in place that are, you know, further accelerating us, all humanity against a wall, you know, from biodiversity, environment, culture, inequalities, and all, <laughs> the whole, whole lot. 
And I'm just trying to like, what, what, what can I do concretely? How can I just make it better? Connect with people, like-minded people like you, and, 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 and just focus on that, breathe into that, rather than um, breathing into spaces which I do not feel comfortable with. So, uh, and the rest is not in, in our hands, there are greater forces at work. <laughs> so. so it's less about adapting attitude towards the thing, it's yeah. just seeing how you can be part of the solution, yeah. like part yeah. of the thing yeah. that, yeah. that you, how, how can you feel how, is yeah. the right direction. Yeah. How can you breathe better with it? How can you be in a better feeling with it? And, and move the attention there, and keep doing stuff there. Um, yeah. it, it really feels... Uh, it's going to sound very uh, eye-rolling eye moment for the audience, I'm sure, what I'm about to say. But it really feels different sitting with you. Yeah. It feels easy. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that like, I can feel the ease with which things are allowed to be expressed. Mm -hmm. There's no like, I don't feel there's like a right and wrong here. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's mm -hmm. whatever unfolds. Mm -hmm. I'm, very, I'm very excited to read your book. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I, w I would actually, yeah, I would, I would love to have this conversation again. Definitely. Either when I'm back around or when Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're going through the book, I definitely want to know oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. you're thinking about. Yeah. And when you, when you read it as well, I would and yeah. I'd like to have a conversation with you. And, how, how you perceived which elements I brought to light if they created value for you in your journey to understanding and unfolding the nature of truth and reality. I'm very excited <laughs> yeah. about that. Rajinder, yeah. thank you so much for doing yeah. this. Thank you. I'm, I have to say that uh, this is like, it was a very unexpected, I came here to meet someone else yeah. and then you walked in and yeah. we had this uh, beautiful interaction and yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm deeply grateful yeah, yeah, that you walked so. into my life and we get to yeah. have this interaction yeah. and to have future interactions. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It was a great pleasure. Thank you so much for yeah, doing this. Thank I you. appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>